Hello, I'm Don Braid with Inside Alberta, our podcast. I'm here with Chris Varco, our business political columnist, and we're talking a little bit about election style here before we get going about the very, very different kinds of campaign events we've all been going to. And Chris, uh, you've been to some... Uh, the, 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 the NDP is all, it's always kind of a family setting, almost always. There's always kids. There's a, you were just talking about the little kid with a cowboy hat yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and stuff you know, like that. Yeah. The optics yeah. mean a lot in politics, and they're, yeah. they're chosen deliberately for campaign announcements, as you and I both know. And it made me think that on Thursday, I was in a, in a very small sort of townhouse type of setting where uh, Rachel Notley was giving an announcement. Um, you know, talking about education, and she was in a very small kitchen with a with you know with some parents talking about education, and that's obviously a very deliberate choice. And much like as you pointed out, a number of photo ops and events with small children behind uh, yeah. behind the premier, and yet when Jason Kenney, as you noted, is is often yeah. uh, behind sort of the flag, the Alberta flag, at a podium, very sort right. of serious, he, he, no nonsense. He did a whole hour shtick on on uh, uh, the other day. And and he talked for an hour on healthcare. Like he he, he does know his policy. This guy, you got to give him that. And uh, behind him were four Alberta flags, a kind of a blue blue drapery, and that was it. Like he doesn't want to make his photo his his campaign events look like a daycare. But that's that's often what's going on with with uh, with with uh, the NDP and Notley. But there's been a tremendous blizzard of uh, of uh, policy this week. There's been education. There's been healthcare. There's been childcare. There's been seniors care. Just uh, on. Friday, uh, the NDP promised that uh, seniors would no longer have to co-pay anything for for prescriptions, and uh, you know this is sort of thematic of what the NDP is doing in this campaign. They are specifically targeting voter groups, offering them things that will make people say, you know, maybe I got my doubts, but I want that. Right. I want that thing. I want that copay on drugs, or like the other one, big one this week, huge in fact, was childcare extending. Uh, the the pilot project on twenty five dollar a day childcare to sixty two thousand childcare spaces plus thirteen thousand more for one point five billion dollars over four years. I mean, there's some costly programs being uh, being offered here by the NDP. So let's talk about the spending. Uh, there's a big variation in type of spending and an amount of spending between the two parties. And I think you've been doing your numbers as you always do. What are you seeing from the campaigns by way of spending? Well, and this isn't a big surprise here to, to people who've, who've been watching this on a daily basis, but uh, what we have seen from the NDP, as you pointed out, is some very big announcements that have some very big dollar figures attached. And with the UCP, we've seen some very small announcements with so far some pretty small dollar figures announced. So if you take a look at what the NDP spent so far, you pointed out the child care announcement, very important. That's $1.5 billion. Uh, they've talked about mitigating, you know, flood risk on the Bow River. I believe that's a billion dollars. Long-term care, uh, long-term care beds. I think 170 million dollars. We had an announcement Thursday, something smaller, making sure that there's enough teachers in the classrooms, 23 million dollars. And then there's some other really big. Uh, dollar figure uh, announcements there on the business side. We saw their announcement on petrochemicals. They doubled what they would spend or what the plan would be in terms of offering incentives. They're not spending necessarily, but they're incentives uh, to stimulate the petrochemical industry going from about 3.5 to $7 billion over the span of about a decade. And even their announcement up in Fort McMurray earlier this week about a high traffic uh, corridor, basically allowing us to move these large industrial vessels through the province. uh, That's over a billion dollars. So those are some really 
large oh, massive. Figures. You know, it's like they're going from one place to another, offering a, a, a billion. You know, the week before, the 10 days before the election was called, when they were still making government announcements, I did a bit of a tally then on the ones they did that weren't even technically campaign announcements, and there was over a billion dollars. Like, they got warmed up in Calgary before this thing even started, as we know uh, very well. What about what about the UCP side? What are you seeing there on, on spending? A lot smaller. So Thursday's announcement for uh, mental health uh, and addictions uh, facilities, I, I believe that's $100 million over several years. Uh, we've got $80 million in new spending for the war room. This is the energy war room to tackle what they say are misconceptions being spread about Alberta's energy industry. That's over four years. Uh, $50 million over four years for increased funding for the alert and the opioid enforcement unit and $40 million over four years for more Crown prosecutors and support staff. I guess the point here that I'm trying to make is that the scale and scope of these announcements are much different and I think they're really trying to speak to their base in both parties. Yeah, they're tackling specific things like they attack the opioid crisis, they attack the, uh, I, I, don't mean I don't mean attack them, I mean they're going after these issues and one of them being uh, the whole issue of the, the Sheldon Schumer Clinic and where the damage is done to that area and maybe right. they can be moved. They, and they're targeting money for those kind of very specific things. But here's the thing about the UCP promises that bothers me a little bit. Yes, they're not offering a lot of money, but they are offering a heck of a lot of service for no more money. They're telling you that both education and healthcare can be maintained at current or improved levels without raising spending at all. Now they don't say they never will raise spending. In healthcare they, they say, Kenny says, if they can find savings in admin, they'll apply that to healthcare. Uh, it's the same kind of general line in education. We're talking about two fields here that count to like $30 billion Absolutely. Of, of provincial money. And he's sort of uh, having it both ways, hitting some nice targeted areas, not announcing a lot of money, but but saying, or even I would suggest pretending that you can keep doing the same level of service without even matching inflation year after year. We'll see how that works out after after the election. And that I think is triggered <laughs> if they win. Quest- <laughs> if triggered they questions win. from for both of the main the two uh, major parties right now about how they're going to balance the books and how they're going to make wow. these things all happen within the, the spending parameters of what they are want. So we've had the Alberta chambers, the Calgary Chamber of Commerce, and the Edmonton Chamber of Commerce team up this week and said. Look, we need to see detailed plans on how you're going to tackle the deficit and the debt issues in this province. You right. know, we've got debt that's already over $50 billion. It's going to go up to $96 billion by 2023-24 under the current government's plan. Um, the government, the NDP government says they will, as I said, balance by 2023-24, the UCP a year earlier. Um, I believe the Alberta Party is also saying 2023. But the question is, how are you going to get there? And the devil is in the detail. And what we still need to see from all the parties, and I think it's coming very soon now, is the fully costed platforms for them. Because unless you can see how the math works, unless you can see the details, it's really more aspirational than it is an ironclad promise. But you know, from the UCP point of view, I mean, this is, uh, the leader is a guy who's always talking about Ralph Klein and the Klein revolution and how Klein cut the deficit and everything. But the times have changed, and even the UCP knows that people aren't as fixed on the debt side as they used to be back in those days. I can remember at City Hall, Al Dewar, the mayor in those days, used to have press conferences to show you how much the city had reduced its debt. And when did Nancy ever do that? That that kind of, rightly or wrongly, that kind of issue has faded. Um, so the NDP judges that the idea of even more debt is not really 
bothering people that much, and the UCP doesn't think they have to offer big cost-cutting to, to get this done. Uh, I think that probably there's a lot of skepticism about whether both of them can balance a budget by 23-24. Um, okay, well, there's a couple of other things happening. The social thing always seems to come up and bite, doesn't it, Chris? Absolutely. Uh, the GSA uh, thing blew up again, and I was surprised that Jason Kenney said during an election campaign that he's going to abolish Bill 24, which is the one that um, protects kids from having their doings in a GSA reported to their parents. Um, and I was surprised he did that during a campaign. But looking at the history of this, and you remember that day when he was in the editorial board meeting with us, Chris, at the Herald, where he was very clear that he didn't like the idea of parents not being able to be notified about what's going on with their kids. And later he fudged that a bit. That led to Bill uh, uh, 24. That made the NDP so mad they brought in Bill 24, right? Now he says he's going to get rid of this. The small problem with that is he also said that he wasn't going to legislate on social issues, on divisive social issues. Right. But that's what he'll be doing, right? He'll be getting rid of Bill 24 and going back to Bill 10. So I, I don't know how that one's going to play, but um, it's – I, how would you characterize the campaign in general, you know, overall, of all the campaigns we've seen? What's it like? What's well, your... Well, my sense of a lot is that we've had a lot of campaign announcements, but, but that is still primarily, in many ways, a personality-driven campaign yeah. for both parties um, out, out of the shoots. And it'll be interesting to see whether that continues over the next two weeks or not, and I guess where the public lies on this. But that's really, I guess, my overriding sense is that there's been a lot of announcements and, and some of them with bigger ticket figures than other ones. But, uh, you know, politics can change in a hurry. And, you know, we all can think back four years ago before the debate right. to after the debate. And, and I think a lot of people will be watching to see what happens yeah, in this, this debate. This, to me, this is the most energetic uh, just announcement a day campaign I've ever seen. I, I, I can't recall seeing so much politics. Usually, you know, the, the old days of the PC, they'd throw you a few bones and a few scraps and everything, and, and you'd have the other parties, when they didn't have a chance of winning, throwing their stuff in. There, there wasn't this sort of constant flood every day of policy. And like what they're in the background, the, the, the spinners are, are trying desperately to get the, their story on top. Like I know that when Kenny announced one one day, the, the NDP people were a little annoyed that he just buried the, their child care announcement because right. he had his health care, I think it was, that day. So it's a very ener energetic uh, campaign. I think, as you say, uh, it's very personality-driven. And meanwhile, the NDP continues to go after Kenny's personal record ferociously every day. But the day that that stops, if it does stop, will be the day you know it's actually hurting them in the polls, which I think is a possibility and, that could happen. And, you know, another point, and you wrote about this in your column, and I think it's bang on, which is we've really seen a huge divergence in sort of the philosophy and the governing, you know, ideologies, and in sort of two very distinct choices for voters to look yeah. at between these two. There is very little middle ground in this campaign, which I think is why we're not seeing a lot of oxygen going towards some of the smaller parties uh, that yeah. we might typically see. Here you've got two parties going on completely different tracks, and I guess the question is what's going to happen in the third and fourth week, and uh, can they keep up this exhaustive campaign, promise after promise after promise? Yeah. I, I, I have my doubts, but I guess we'll see. Well, we saw the collapse of Wild Rose in the final days in 2012. We saw the rise of the NDP in the final days in 2015, so uh, we're not making any predictions here yet, but we'll talk to you next week. Bye now.